1: hey everyone welcome back this is part two of my stomp with joe wicks in virginia water lake what a beautiful day it is let's continue before we continue on our walk i'd just like to thank fitflop for sponsoring this episode of the Stompcast and for keeping my feet well looked after while i record these episodes for you of course, you'd be familiar with the fact that we record Stompcast while out on a walk with an amazing guest. However, as I've said before, it's so important to make sure we're wearing the right shoes. If we don't consider our footwear, we could cause problems with our body that could have been avoided if we'd used the right footwear. And thanks to FitFlop, we're able to confidently choose a pair of shoes that we know are flexible, lightweight, and contoured to our feet. Thanks to the science in every shoe, each pair of Fitflop is designed to stay comfortable and supportive for long periods of time, meaning you can choose footwear that is suitable for both smooth and flat terrain. And now with Fitflop's ultralight Neo D hiker boot, with responsive cushioning that springs back up after each step, you'll also be able to tackle hiking in the hills. Make sure you check out the full Fitflop range at fitflop.com so that your stomps aren't cut short with unsuitable shoes. Happy stomping. So I, I've been aware of you and your work for, for quite a few years, and it's interesting because you've been, you've been famous throughout. <laughs> I went on Love Island, but I was very much aware of you before, and I, I was like, Joe's this guy, he's doing things a bit differently, and I think people were really gathering attention around the way that I think you were talking, even in those days. And I know you kind of had Lean in 15 and things, but it, it felt that you really brought so much personality, and you are really like one of the people, if you know what I mean. Sometimes you feel like these fitness influencers, like. I think sometimes they, they try and like almost have this elevation of like, I'm on this pedestal, and you've got to just like kill yourself to try and yeah. be in a certain shape and do all this kind of stuff. I think you are always very relatable. And then when I came out of Love Island years ago, um, I think that was a big part of when, so that's like 2018, when I, when I think you're, what you were focusing on changed and the family came along, and, and yeah. then we went into this horrible time of the, the pandemic. And I, I said to you before, when we, I recorded with you actually, I'm on a walk. I th- it was huge for me, actually. Your videos, and I'm not just saying that. So, a lot of my shifts would be kind of like 11 in the morning through to like late at night. So in the mornings, they gotta get up and do your your YouTube videos, your PE with Joe. I love that. And, it, and, and heard it, heard it really lot, helped I've me. I've
0: heard from a lot of doctors that said that because it so it's so much short
1: work that they can manage to squeeze Oh yeah, when well, we used to go into work, and I say to my mates at work, we're "Like, oh, do you do the do you do, um, PE this morning?" Yeah, and parents, there's a uh, two of the consultants. Uh, Family, um, have children and families, and they got their kids up to do it, so it was odd, because I was like, <laughs> I was speaking to people who were literally were doing it, the doctors, and they were like, it was really helping them, and I think, what you nailed there was, A, you gave people a regularity and routine in a time of chaos, but also you made it so accessible, like, I got up in the morning and said, oh, I just can't bother doing that, and I was like, no, let's do it. I like, get into it, and you'd lift people's mood, you make people laugh, you'd have a fart every now and then on yeah, screen, the kids would run does. in. It was just, it just made it so relatable, and I, you know, I, th- I think, I-, I believe honestly that what people want these days, when it comes to health, is just people that are honest and just relatable and engage them in it, and don't make them feel like it's oh, it's me and you.
0: Totally. Well, look, one of the reasons I did PE with Joe and had that energy and that kind of motivation because I was once a child in a small council flat where, you know, for me it was I was so overwhelmed, I was so anxious and so just uncertain of everything around me that exercise and PE and movement and even school was an escape right from the chaos of home life. So. I kind of visualised that and I thought like, I need to do something to get these kids moving. I, I just thought about all the families that might have had children with learning difficulties or children that were just you know, behaviour issues who needed to kind of vent and let it all out. So I thought let's make it fun, never mention the lockdown and never once mention the pandemic. I just said let's have a little boogie and the, you know, get some music on, do the silly billy and you know, it was, it was, that was it. It was kind of me just trying to give people something to focus on and I think it was the structure, it was the timing, it was the routine. It's, it set people's day up for a, a day of it, especially with the home learning. So. Yeah, you know, that was always,
1: it will always be my proudest achievement. Oh, I, I think it was incredible. I mean, at the time, I was just like, this guy has come up with something that's so fantastic. Because, and again, it, it, it's, to you, it might not seem such a, it probably does seem clear, it was a very deliberate thing, but you did it in a way that was really, it didn't feel like you were weaponising yourself. The last thing everyone need, anyone needed at that time, when everything was going on, was to get up and feel like they were getting beasted on, whatever. Yeah. It wasn't about that, it was having fun, everyone was just moving, and, I can't tell you how much people needed that at that time. And I mean, how many people? at one point, did you have nearly have a million people streaming or something I ridiculous like that? It was, it was so many people yeah, on, many on these lives. On
0: the second day, it was nearly, a, yeah, just under a million, which is mind-blowing, because I obviously I never knew it was going to take off like that. But I think we've...
1: Was that scary? What was it like? The first, day, like so oh the
0: first day, I first stood in front of the camera, and Nicky, my brother, was on the, um, in my AirPods, obviously said, oh, Joe, this is big, because I couldn't see the screen. He's like, oh, this is big, he's like 200,000. 300,000 350 oh he's like 400,000 it's climbing he's like, there's now 950,000 live oh streams. that's live streams that's like you think about the actual families yeah, doing well, it yeah and 100. I was I was very nervous and I was just like I'll oh, just do it go and have fun and obviously as I, as I got into it I, I eased up and warmed up a little bit and I sort of relaxed but it was all it was always about making it fun and accessible that you could do it in a living room even if you had a tiny little living room yeah. and I had the quizzes and I had the you know spot the difference because I thought even if you're a kid who hates exercise you might sit on your sofa in your pyjamas and still do spot the difference yeah. or you might do the quizzes so I tried to make it accessible for every child, every family member and you know there was toddlers doing it, there was grandparents and when I do these Pee with Joe tours I can't explain to you what it feels like but I stand on stage and there's a thousand people in front of me and there's like literally grandmas and people in wheelchairs and there's toddlers with their mums in their little pee with Joe t and that's the thing that always amazed me how I've managed to transcend like one age group, one demographic. It was it was rich families, it was poor families, it was, you know, it was international. It was all over the world. It's anybody that anybody that was found out about it did it and enjoyed it. And I love that, I love that about that.
1: You had any doctors in 20s, the twenties, the fifties, the families, the nurses. Uh, everyone was kind of doing that's uh, just within our like hospital. It was crazy. That's when I was like I'm trying to. I was trying to imagine for you how it must have blown your mind in a way because you, when you actually think about how many people were engaging yeah, with it's that, and it's changed. When we went to um, when I was filming with you because you're an ambassador for Lululemon. When we were when I came filming with you we were in Wales actually, and there was loads of school children there, and they were so excited to see you, and I could just. Because you know those kids were there working away, <laughs> doing pee. Yeah, it's doing amazing, pee I love it. Joe.
0: Yeah, it's always a nice experience to meet the families that actually like, took part. And they're obviously a little bit older now, but I just I think it would just be one of those things I remember like, of all the of all the negative and kind of upsetting that that time was, that pee with Joe was like a little yeah. moment of just like, you know, laughter and it was so silly and yeah, you know, I I miss them workouts, man. I, I had so much purpose. You imagine waking up every day knowing that literally it was probably like tens of millions or ten million people a day. Probably doing it live, and it was just like, that's amazing. So when it's like, where do you go from that? That extreme high of having something so much value and so important and so much impact. Yeah, I definitely felt a bit flat when it finished for Did sure. You? Yeah, oh,
1: because I was like, because I remember I when, when you stopped. I remember when you stopped doing it, and you do. I mean, I continued using your your videos. So you kind of do 15, 20 minute um, chunk videos, working on different things. So it was yeah. like still share the videos yeah. and stuff. And you know, I, I'd watch the videos, but. What did it actually feel like when you're like, why did you go, right, that's enough now, I'm gonna like, kind of move away from the nine o'clock ones? What, what was the reason?
0: Well, I still share regular videos because I do believe, even though I have a business, like I've obviously got the Body Coach app, I still want fitness to be accessible, yeah. so I still re- regularly oh, share yeah. content because I want it to be free. Um, but the reason the live's finished is because lockdown ended I said I'll do it until lockdown's over and yeah. people went back to work obviously the numbers were dropping because people were getting back to school and stuff so I kind of handed it handed it on a little bit but I still came back for the lockdown two and lockdown three I still i done a good bit of time but I was very much like you know by the end of it I was exhausted I was emotionally yeah, drained yeah. and I needed a Is little, little a bit of Is it a weight on your
1: shoulders as well though because you kind of if it was literally the weight of the weight, again, these puns are coming out. When the weight was on your shoulders, wasn't it, in that, that, that time, because literally you were the one positive thing that was happening during that period. Was it kind of like letting go of that a little bit as well? Like your like, own family, of
0: your own life. Yeah, it wasn't, on. I didn't feel, I never felt a pressure, I never resented it, I never felt like, oh, what am I doing? I just sort of, um, I needed that structure as well, because would I would have done nothing, I would have just been, sitting on the sofa like you know moping around but it gave me such focus and, and it was really what i because I, my goal my goal my, for years before that was trying to get young people especially schools like exercising and enjoying fitness so it just mani- my dream manifested it blew up it happened in a very short amount of time but afterwards it was like i was at the top of this mountain and i thought well where do i go from now how can i ever possibly have so much impact and maybe i won't maybe i never will but I'm still working really hard. I'm still doing as much I mean you as I are care. every
1: day. I mean you literally are. You've got your Body Coach app. So that's for that's a hub really for people, isn't it, for for fitness and getting people involved. Do you find that the ethos of ethos of what you did through that time has that also affected what you the way you put content out on the app or what you focus on?
0: Yeah, I think just the way I describe things, the way I'm I'm much more what I've realized over the years and what I think I'm good at, because I I'm not the smartest or the best trainer in the world, but I'm just very good at communicating to people and making them feel welcome to feel like they're good enough to feel that they are achieving something even if they're ultimate beginners so i just know instinctively how to talk to people how to make like a beginner video for a complete beginner who's like literally you know overweight out of shape zero confidence i talk to them in a way that's slightly different to someone who's maybe in advance who wants to smash it into a proper intense workout so that's kind of i think that's my biggest skill that i can make people feel welcome and feel good
1: and make i made exercise maybe a bit more fun than it used to be You've got a real, because um, whenever I meet people, I always wonder what they're going to be like. You see personas of people and you do kind of think, well, are they who they are? And I think you are one of the few people I've met who was as welcoming. When you came up to me and I met you in, in Wales, we were in, where were we again? We're in we were in Snowdon. Near yeah, Snowdon, yes, beautiful. Yeah. So we were in Snowdonia National Park and you just came up and you were just so welcoming. You shook everyone's hands in the team. Uh, you, same again this time. What's your name? Lovely to meet you. And it's so rare these days, sadly, with people, I'm not just talking about people with platforms and famous people now, but in general, people just so focused on their own stuff that they forget sometimes just to be engaging, to really be humble with people. And I think that's something that you can't fake that. So when you're like that as a person, it will always come across in your content, the things you do, and I guess that's why you've built such a community.
0: Well, the reason I'm like that is because I think I've realized you know, I've I've just got this thing of like appreciating everyone. Like this podcast is happening because we're getting help. Someone's helping record it. You know, they, everyone should be everyone's valued. Like everyone takes everyone that's like helping something. It's the same with, you know, my business or whatever. I'm always constantly telling people how much I appreciate them because without them, there yeah, is no app. Sure. There is no business. There is no yeah, customer support. Sure, there sure. is no. So I don't know. I just I just I value gratitude, and I appreciate people. You know, and I think that's something that it, it goes a long way. And I think your reputation that like you can be known as someone who is really kind and really open and really kind of welcoming and that's something that it helps you it helps you meet more people you know it helps connect with more so i'm always going to be like that regardless of what i do in my career
1: what's it like with the with running a business like the app and things it's so obviously you're for you to create quality content and engaging app to give it to people and to help people it's a huge cost i mean i looked into apps for creating an app for kind of general like mental health kind of advice a huge part of it—it it can be very—it's so expensive to run. Like, it, how do you how do you kind of manage the stress, I guess, of the business sides of things that you have to do to run everything you want to do? Yeah, and the same time, kind of make sure you are enjoying it. If that makes sense.
0: Well, luckily, like I've got my brother who is amazing. So he's the CEO. He's the he's a visionary. He's so smart. He's so good with like managing people and operations and strategy and vision. Like without him, and I always say this: like I am the body coach, right? And what you see, what you see on the outside. It's like half of this success. The other half is Nicky because he's helped me grow my social media. He's, he was there in every single P with Joe workout. Like, you know, we Shout collected out the him um, yeah. He's like, and he's he takes off all that stuff that I don't, I cannot do. I don't understand any of that stuff, and it's I couldn't do it. It stresses me out. Whereas I am good at shooting content, at inspiring people, and cooking recipes and workouts. So for me, it's like I just do what I'm good at. Nicky takes care of the rest. But it is a big investment. I mean, we've invested millions. We've invested every single penny back into the app, into the team. We've now got an in-house team. Like, but I believe that I'm building a real, I believe I'm building a legacy brand like, that will live on beyond me. I'm believing I'm building something that, you know, in years to come people will turn to if they want to get in shape. Like, you know, like, I don't want to say like, um, you know, like big diet companies and stuff, they've been around for 20, 30 years, and they were just probably one person with a, with a meal plan and they've still got millions of people fit and healthy in some respects. So I do believe that I'm doing that. It's just going to take time
1: and you've got to you know, build A dedication and, right. and acceptance of of failures as well. Yeah. i saw there's been bumps in the road. There's, well, for any business right now, we've got so much uncertainty. I mean, even what I do, I mean, I, I kind of have a similar juggle where I do a huge amount of stuff for free. I volunteer in a lot of stuff. I support a lot of charities, like you do, really. And you have to have the other side to fund it because it's expensive yeah. having a team, having a staff, even doing this podcast. I mean, kind of, I find it hard sometimes, balancing, right, well, I really want to do this and I believe in this, but I also have to pay the bills of this. It's yeah. a bit of a juggling act in life, isn't it? And then you've also got an actual family to, to look after as well. Yeah, I think, there's, I, think, I think
0: the reason I'm successful, the reason I've got this career and I've reached millions of people is because I, from the very first day I started out as a personal trainer, I was truly purpose-driven. So all I think about and I'm obsessed about is getting people moving, feeling good, you know, eating healthy food, you know, looking after each other and taking care of themselves. So if I focus on that, if, I sold, if that truly is my purpose and my North Star, everything else the book deals the DVD the TV shows they all came that all came to me I never for one minute thought I was gonna have a cookbook when I started doing leaning 15 come on yeah. I was living in a flat in Surbiton. <laughs> I was a personal trainer on, you know i 45 pound an hour wow. that was my vision I thought I'm gonna have a boot camp and I'm gonna you know have a few locations it's gonna be amazing I never thought I was gonna sell millions Gosh. of cookbooks so I think if you are truly pu- pu- purpose driven and passionate about helping people all of the wonderful opportunities that come from that, you know, having a big audience in the community, like it, it just happens. It, you don't have to chase it. It literally, it will come to you. You
1: know, the first chapter of my book, Live Well Every Day, is on finding your purpose. And why? Because I, I actually believe, not just even with work, with a life in itself, if you don't feel you have a purpose and know why you exist as a human, how can you possibly care about sleep or what you eat or your exercise, your relationships, your education? You've got to understand, I think everyone needs to get up. It doesn't have to be right, like, I want to get up and cure cancer or whatever. It can be like, do you know what? I really like, I, what gives me joy in each day is I love. You know, playing football or whatever, yeah. whatever you want it to be, or it can be like I really love reading or learning or music. But you need that central point, and everything else comes together. I think when you're younger, people always—I don't know about you—but like teachers say, "Oh, just just think about what you enjoy, like what you enjoy, because it'll all work out." Like, what does that even mean? What do you want to enjoy? I've got to pay bills. But, yeah. You know, if I look at my journey, I, I've my my focus has always been. I've enjoyed people, I enjoy health. I love teaching. That's what I enjoy doing, and. Really all of the stuff I've done has manifested through that as well. And you're right, you don't know where you don't know where everything's gonna happen. We don't know what's gonna happen in the world in ten years. But if you constantly get up and go each morning like what do I care about? You know, what are the things that get me out of bed in the morning? You'll yeah. always find your way, won't you?
0: Yeah, I think so. I think that's one of the reasons if you go into something just focusing just on the you know, the profit and the revenue and the salary, like it's not many people succeed in that way. I think all the great entrepreneurs, all the great businesses, the founders, the CEOs, like entrepreneurs that have launched great brands and businesses and stuff and then even built communities it's because at the heart of it i think there's a genuine like desire to want to create change or you know improve lives somehow you know it could be a product it could be a service whatever it is for me it was just like i just love being a trainer i think if i can take that online and get people moving like virtually what an amazing thing that will be but i certainly didn't think the bbc were going to ring me and say do you want to do a dvd and like fly to lake coma and film a dvd it just was i just didn't have the vision. i didn't have that ambition. I wasn't an ambitious child. I really wasn't. All I wanted to do is be a local personal trainer, have 20 clients, and be busy. That was my goal, and that was what I worked for. Got towards. a
1: fair them. <laughs> I mean, it's your, your purpose. Is, purpose gives you that energy, and that energy brings everything else, doesn't it? I mean, you said that the the P with Joe was your high. Is there any low? You go. Do you know what? That was a difficult time for you in your career or in your life. I
0: think the lowest point is probably. Well, yeah i'm very emotional i'm very sensitive like i cry all the time like especially in front of people i cry in front of the body coach team i did a talk the other day at this like conference this corporate thing and i 600 people lawyers and all that and i, I, I literally like cause i'm talking about my childhood i showed emotion i was being vulnerable so i'm very sensitive to people and and like you know relationships so at one point you know when the body coach business was um, basically it was a bit of a transition. We had so many staff, we had so many people, mm. and I held on to them for so long because I didn't want to let them go. Okay, but yeah. as we as we improved the app and we had this technology business growing, the need for like human support was it was just, it was declining, yeah, sure, it was de- sure. decreasing. So, you know, having to let people go that was really difficult because, you know, me and my brother Nicky had to do it all ourselves, and it's just not nice, is it, to like people that have worked with you for years to say look, there's no role for you here. So that mm, so without harsh. doubt that was, you know, the most difficult and emotional. The build-up, the anxiety and everything leading up to it was intense, but it was okay and they understood and I took care of them and I really looked after them, so they were fine, but that thought of having to let someone go has really been there as a of, lot like, of service to you and the business for so long. That's a horrible thing to do.
1: Sometimes business owners get a bit of a, a rap of being like, oh, if you own a big company or this thing or you do whatever, then you, you kind of, you're seen as this kind of evil monster that doesn't care about its staff. But I think for most people, you have a heart, right? and you you care about the people within it and I'd like to think like Abby and the girls who work with me and my management team everyone around you know I care about these people yeah and as, you, as do you and you build these kind of bonds and you realize that so much of what you're doing it's more about the journey with all the people around you that is the actual end results it? it's like kind of sharing that journey with your brother I guess like whatever success or milestone you hit it's more that you've done it together I guess
0: yeah I mean all the success I've had has never been alone like even like with as a parent, like Rosie is like my other half. She's helped me become a better dad. She's, you know, I'm successful because you've allowed me, you've you allowed me to do all the P, which is you. you helped me. And, and also being happy in a relationship gives you the energy to actually like, I'm focused. I'm not out partying all the time. I, I'm just focused. And so I always give her credit as well, Westview, because she's, she's allowed me to become successful in my field and also supported me and just cheered me on the whole time. Like if I was doing that all lonely and partying every week, I would never been the body coach. No. I found at the right time, I needed that support. I needed that stable, like home life, to really let me go on and actually like be the body coach and be who I wanted to
1: be. You kind of need, through the good times and bad, you need a team, don't you? People, whether it's in your house, your family people, people in your family, or whether it's you know whether it's in your workplace and it's your literal work team. The one, the best for you, yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, you know, I think sometimes you see the face of like Joe and Joe. You're the person that's done it. Of course, you are always without your purpose and without your energy none of it exists but it's almost like that pyramid thing or like it's like a tower and you're supported by all the other structures that kind of hold that tower up isn't it and that all of them play a key and important part in that
0: yeah including friends as well and I always think you know the social circle you hang with the people closest to you they impact you they they affect your ego they keep you humble, they can steer you in the wrong direction, they can put you down, they can make you not believe in yourself. So, like, I've got the tightest group of friends, it's my best mates, from, from, they have been for years, who, you know, would all say, like, I haven't changed. I mean, I know my lifestyle's changed a bit and I'm in a different house and whatnot, but I'm still Joe. I, into, you know, at the core of it, it's just still, I'm the Joe, and they always laugh at me when I see him see on TV and stuff. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> you shouldn't be cooking on TV. But I think it's good to have that kind of. Stable, like <laughs> humble background of friends and family that just keep you on the straight and narrow and don't let you get
1: run away with the fame and numbers and stuff. Is it weird for them? What What is it like for your fa- like outside your immediate family, so like your friends and stuff? What, what do they say? They're like, what What the hell's going on? You <laughs> just yeah. I mean, they're on the TV laugh. every day. You're on YouTube every day. Like, they laugh. They
0: send me funny pictures and catch me in the in the newspapers or on TV and like yeah, send little memes and stuff. But they always, you know, they're proud of me. I think you know. I think the people closest to you they've always been they've always been proud of I me mean, they've always been encouraging me and i think you know they they think it's funny when i'm like with princess Anne getting an mbe and i can really f- predict that but i've loved the journey i've been, i love the journey so far and i'm still i'm still very motivated so you know as long as i keep working i've got nikki to help me and i'll stay fit and injury free i can continue to do this for years to come oh for
1: sure i mean he's still and going mr motivator isn't he he's about 70. <laughs> yeah, oh my god yeah, he's still, he's still going. doing these events he's still going you really deserved and deserve your MB, and actually, I think probably there's a knighthood waiting for you at some point. In fact, I was surprised I didn't knight you straight away, to be fair. But I guess I can't give you all at once. You've got to build it up and you start I, that and build. I up. don't know.
0: That's, that's another level of knight. I think that's like you've got to do a proper, proper bit of service. I you're think, talking uh, a lifetime of service. Well,
1: I think I think you're you're well on the way to that. I'll keep how how my amazing thing. was that moment? Talk to me what that was like, kind of going up there. It was Princess Anne, wasn't it? Princess here, Anne at Windsor too.
0: Castle. Yeah, it was amazing. Oh.
1: Like took oh. Nikki up there because I can only take one guess and I said,
0: look. You know I love you, Rosie. and I said I'd love you to be there, but I really think Nicky should be there because he was like, Part he's that, my guy. Really. Like, he's the MBE. Like, I'm the M and the, I'm the M and the B, and he's the E. Like, we're yeah, like yeah. we're like inter- <laughs> integrated. We made that together. So, yeah, he's he came. The Empire you're the member? Yeah. Uh, what's it called? I M- think M- member of the British Mand- Order. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, nah, I mean, we're two little. I'm not gonna lie. Like, we were two little like rascal run up like two little alleywags From a, from a rough council state in Epsom, like. So we're walking up to like meet the princess, the queen, queen's daughter to get an MBA. It was amazing, it was pretty surreal. Um, were you nervous about it? I was emotional. I wasn't nervous, but she was lovely. She was really
1: nice. She sort of put me at ease and stuff. But What did she say? Did she say I was doing that as well? I was getting involved.
0: She said the first thing, she said, oh, so, she goes, first thing I need to ask you, Joe, you know, have you finally recovered from all the exercise you've done during lockdown? <laughs> so I knew she knew of me or oh, what yeah, I'd been oh, doing. Definitely. But it just put me at ease and I said, yeah, you know, thank you, I, I really loved it. And so proud and honoured to be here, I feel so, lucky to be here with you and thank you for like honouring me with this and yeah then me and Nicky went and had a drink in Windsor and had a little meal <sighs> and stuff and
1: That's just proud,
0: moment. yeah just raised a glass and said like we've well, we done well, like, we worked hard to get where we are and we we took a different path from my mum and dad's you know, when we were growing up.
1: When you look at your children now what are the kind of fundamentals or the values they hope that they have gr- growing up, like wh- what do you see for them in their future? The
0: most important thing and I already, already see it as just kindness. right? I don't, I don't care about anything else. I don't care about academics. I don't care whatever they want to do like, career-wise, as long as they're kind to each other and obviously to other people. And I see that already when they met Lenny, I can see how much they, they're so nurturing. Because like, me and Rose, I'm proper clingy. I'm so needy. Like I need to be kissed and cuddled all the time and <laughs> Rose is the same. Like, we love it. We love a kiss and a cuddle. We, You know, we're the same with the kids. They're PDA, so, Yes. Yeah, so they become, they're like us, they're like little mini-verses, they, you know, they give them a cuddle oh. and they're, they're very generous. I think that's another thing I want to I promote, you know, being kind and generous to people and don't think like you just have to have this all to yourself. You can share what you've got. I really love that. I love, I love sharing, you know, so I think they're the two main attributes. Um, and then, yeah, they can be whatever they want. I'll be with them, cheering them on. and I always say do whatever you want in life. Just have, you know, as long as you're happy.
1: Do you think it's important to show affection to kids as a dad?
0: Yeah, I mean, look, I'm not going to say... My dad didn't show me affection because one thing, even I had a mad, mad upbringing. They always told us they loved us, always cuddled us. You know, always made us feel safe in that respect. It was obviously the relapsing and, and the absence when he was gone for months that was difficult. But yeah, I think you know, old school has changed. I think there's a lot. There's this kind, gentle parent, isn't there? Like it's not just putting them on a naughty step and punishing them. Like actually, no, you can actually, in, you can you can interact differently, and you can actually get a better result. I read a lot about childhood. There's a, a great um, psychologist called Dr. Gabor Maté. Have you heard of him? Yes, he's yeah, amazing. Yeah, talks about childhood trauma and, and, like, you know what that can do as parenting. So I, I'm, co- I'm constantly trying to learn and, and implement that a little bit because naturally, as a default, I am a shouty dad. Yeah. But I'm a shouty dad. In my head, I'm shouting. I can't handle. I'm slamming doors. I'm, I don't want to be in that room, <laughs> but I'm having to constantly challenge that and, and not be the shouty dad. So trying to like come at it from a different perspective and. It is hard because that's my default. That's all I knew as a kid. Yeah,
1: because we we take learnt behaviours and they w- try as we might, they'll express themselves when you're in those similar situations. You kind of have to challenge that, don't you? And, yeah, and, it's and tough. And well. think about how and like yeah, you know, my my parents are very loving parents. I think my mum was more the kind of huggy, where well, my dad was a bit more traditional as a father, and I think that came through because of his his dad and the way that he experienced things so we're constantly trying to learn and go like i want to take this from what my parents did and i want to not do that or do this and 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 try that but i guess yeah I, i don't have children but i guess if if i had children in the future same thing i want them to care about themselves care about others and care about you know mental health and doing the right thing as well i guess thank you yeah i think i think it's amazing i think the one thing you can get through in life is
0: you can have loads of chaos going on, but if you feel loved and secure as a child, you can actually overcome anything. So, without doubt, it's the most fundamental part of it. I think being sensitive, being open, letting them, letting them feel safe—you know—all these things. It's they're they're, just, they're downloading that information. You know, even like let's say when a stressful situation, if I can show good emotional regulation, and even if I shout, and I can say sorry, I can demonstrate that. You know, we can show anger, you can apologise, but you can. And so I think all these little things your children just pick up on and they download that information and it really does help them regulate their own emotions when
1: they're a bit stressed and a bit anxious. How are you finding then that kind of learning? You've got three kids, you want five. How are you gonna balance that with the business, the campaign work, the charity work, all the things you do? How how are you gonna find that happy medium? Well, I suppose when when you
0: have a new kid, like the other ones get older so they become more independent. You're not always gonna have toddlers either. Toddlers are tough because they're like, they're erratic, they're rational, like, but then they, you know, when they start to grow up they sort of get a bit more independent and then another one comes into the mixer. But I mean look, the dream <laughs> is comes, the dream is it, right, five. The dream is five. And I do love, but you know, it may never happen, but we're happy now and we still say, you know, love a big family. But I think for me I just know instinctively that I cannot just work and take every single opportunity all the time twenty-four-seven because something has to give, something has to be sacrificed, and that could be closest to Rosie, we could end up drifting apart, or the kids just think I'm away all the time on you know so I don't not often take work it's not going to take me away from them yeah. I, I prefer and I actually love this month because I've just been at home with them filming recipes filming workout doing the school run doing dinner time bedtime and I go down to the garden have a sauna and a an ice bath and I'm in bed do You know, what I mean I love that simple life do you think that simple you say the
1: simple life do you think that people need to because what I find interesting is people will look at you and see all your successes, but I suspect a lot of the things you enjoy day to day are actually the things that we can all, or most of us, can kind of enjoy—the kind of simple pleasures of like doing the school run or, yeah. or whatever. You, you, that's an interesting mismatch, isn't it, between what you you see as like the pleasures and things you care about, and other people might see, well, oh, hang on, it's this person that's like hyper-successful, done all these these like national things. It's the simple it's things that keep us happy, isn't it? Like. Uh, the
0: ultimately, like, and you, you know about this from all the research you've done, that loneliness is a real thing and being connected is so important as, as a human. So if you're not close to your mum or dad or your family or your close friends, uh, you're not really going to be that happy. You could have all the Rolex watches and all the cars and yeah. all that, but you're not really going to be happy because you, as, a human, as a human element of, of happiness, you need to be connected. So I don't sacrifice that. I try and keep my friends close. I'm always the glue, I'm the glue to the family. I bring everyone together for dinner, for barbecues, for parties, so as long as I keep doing that and I don't lose sight of that, I think I can, I can still work hard and have a career, but ultimately, fundamentally, if you took my house, my car, every single guitar, all my motorbikes away from me, you I would... The bikes. I'd, be, I'd miss the bike, <laughs> but I would still, I'd still be happy because I've got Rose and the kids and I've got my family and my friends, and that's really, that's internal happiness, right? That's really what I know, that's what anchors me and my kind of sense of self, I think. I'm not linked to f- fame and all that. Doesn't that happened? It wasn't my goal, and so as long as I focus on that, I'll be happy. Look, this is it. Look at how beautiful this is. This is the um, Virginia Lake. This is the Virginia Water Waterfall.
1: It's man-made.
0: as I live and breathe, but it still it's looks nice. Yeah. Oh, it's got to be That's man-made. Good,
1: good lads. They've had a beer off
0: that one. It does oh, look, look real. It does look pretty realistic. I'd, I've never been in there, but I would love to have a little dip in there in the winter. like just jump in there under the waterfall there.
1: You go under there. Sit there.
0: I'd have a little, yeah, i have a little dip. I mean, I love going in cold you water. You yeah. You've
1: got your ice bucket. You've got your ice bath, haven't you, in the garden? Yeah, I love it. Do you still do that every day?
0: Every day, yeah. Once or twice a day. Just a few minutes, two or three minutes at a time. What
1: time do you do it? Like, is I normally do it, it,
0: like, if I can, as soon as I wake up or I do it in the evening before bed. Because I'm lucky I've got a sauna. If it was just ice bath, I'd probably struggle because I know I can get warm afterwards. I have, a, I have 10 minutes in the sauna and then like a two-minute ice bath.
1: I, I, um, I went for a swim. I was back in Wales last week and I went for a swim in the sea, and it's, I mean, look, it's, I, it's, you know, end of September, beginning of October, it's not freezing, but it's cold enough that it gives you a bit of a shock, and you just feel a million dollars. And you came out, and I was just like, so happy. I just was like, I feel
0: good. Yeah, I love it. I think swimming in water or ice baths is easy in the cold shower. I think cold showers are rancid, they're horrible, man. Because <laughs> That's like, what I do though, I do like, a cold shower. It is it's hard. all over, like, it's spraying, it's just awkward, whereas in the ice or in the water, you jump straight in, you're fully do immersed. It. But yeah, I mean, this time of year now it's getting colder, the ice baths are. I mean, sorry, the ice cold showers, like they are really cold now, so.
1: Well, the thing is as well, is like, I mean, the thing I like about the showers, you can turn it off quite quick. You're <laughs> like, right, yeah. that's cold enough now, I'm done. You feel but good But you do get, you get, the problem with it, the thing that I think is potentially better with ice buckets. is you just get into it and it's done. But when you turn from hot to cold, obviously there's like a slow, slow transition it, yeah. of like, this is getting colder, how cold's it gonna get? I know, see, that's I'm all, all or
0: nothing. I go, I'm, I'm, I'm cold in, cold out. I don't go warm to cold. If I'm having a cold shower, I let it run cold for 30 seconds and I'm straight in, straight in, 30 seconds in and then I'm out. Out, done. yeah, because that's you need the you need the kind of that that like shocker, I think, for the body.
1: A big thank you to Fitflop for sponsoring this week's episode and for keeping us all comfortable while out stomping with their scientifically tested lightweight trainers, boots, wellies, and more. Remember to head to Fitflop.com to check out the full range of men and for women. Thank you so much for listening to part two of this episode with Joe Wicks. If you're not finished stomping yet, make sure to go and listen to the final part now. We'll come back to catch up on tomorrow's stomp. See you soon. This Mother's Day, treat mom to healthy, glowing skin with Osea's
0: limited edition skincare sets. Osea has been making clean, seaweed-infused products for nearly 30 years. Their advanced eye care duo brightens and firms skin around your eyes